Hello, and welcome to the Jesus People Podcast. Jesus People is an intentional Christian community in the uptown neighborhood of Chicago. On today's episode, join Chris Spicer, Sarah Wright, Rebecca Troche, and myself, Nathan Cameron, as we discuss our perspectives on the word community. So, uh, who's starting this shindig? Well, can I start with my question? I would, I really do want to hear from everybody what Um, what is the word we use it a lot and we use it to define the place we live but what does community really mean what does community mean to you for me it's like so hard because I grew up here and so Mm -hmm. like to me community is just always my family Mm -hmm. and so whenever anybody talked about the community it was like oh that's just my family Mm -hmm. you know and so I, I probably have a very uh, unique and perhaps even distorted view of what the word community means um, mm-hmm. because it's often interchangeable for something for me that it doesn't mean for other people. But yeah, it really does like the way that people would use it as their extended family, you know, whether they're cousins or aunts and uncles, different things like that. Like that to me was how I used the word community um, yeah. was as my extended family um, growing up you know, it's just, oh, this is my community. You know, these are the people, you know, my mm-hmm. family that I live with. So how about you, Rebecca? You grew up here as well, right? So I did. And I think, so it is odd when, um, when you grow up in a situation, like knowing there's so many other ways you, I mean, anyone who grows up in any situation, you know, there's other ways to live. Like once, you know, especially when you're like a teenager, but, but even sometimes younger than that, like there, there are other ways to live. But I think, um, I think, and I think I talked about this in a previous episode, but of just kind of taking for granted that like, that there is always someone there for you. And I think that that's what community means the most to me is knowing there is a group of people, more than one person. Like, um, and I think a lot of people use community to describe their church or their neighborhood or something like that. But it's, but I think it's essentially a support system. And I think, uh, so for me, I see it as, as meaning that like, um, people who are always there for you to take care of you, to talk to you, to walk with you through good and bad and, you know, be helpers, be supporters, be, uh, listeners, be, um, advice givers. And, and yeah, so I just think it's a very loaded word. Like it, mm-hmm. it means a lot. Yeah, it's interesting because thinking pre-COVID of how we live is like, I would have also thought it as being present with people in physical person. Mm. But like, I I used to really dismiss online community, like that term, think like that can't really exist because I feel like to me, community has always meant in person, physically with people. Um, But now in this last almost year, of COVID time and a lot more isolation. And, um, it, I've realized actually community means more than even being physically in person with someone. It is still those underlying things of like supportive, being listeners, being there for advice, being caretakers, but sometimes that's from a distance and sometimes that's virtually, or there's just so many ways to do that. And I feel like um, that's one big takeaway I think I have of COVID time. But for myself, I I came when I was seventeen, so I've I've actually lived in community for thirty nine years. So mm-hmm. I think longer than anyone here, except maybe Nate. I think Nate. Me, I'm here. here for, <laughs> I'll be here forty three years in yeah. two weeks. There you go. Well, happy birthday. <laughs> happy anniversary. Um, yeah, happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I think it's funny. I mean, we we've all heard we. The, the one joke that, you know, since I've, I've heard it since I first came to Jesus people was the joy of community is all the people. The curse of community is all the <laughs> is people. The people. Yeah. So, you know, it can be, it can be a strength. It can be, uh, it can be something that's really annoying at times when you want to get alone and you just can't. Um, but that hasn't been a problem. Like you said, since, oh, I don't know, March or so of <laughs> uh, getting alone and being alone has been, uh, a very familiar thing. And as an extrovert, you know, it's been tough, you know, but to, to me, I think family is, is exactly that. But even just being part of a church plant for the last few years, one thing that they, they were always talking about, and it was a church plant that wasn't 
with Jesus People USA. It was outside of Jesus People USA. And I've been very involved and they're always looking at, we want to try and create more community, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and it was really interesting looking at it and talking with people because what they were seeking after is what we live, you know, Mm -hmm. in so many ways. And, and um, I I listened to, to, you know, and I'm sure I'll talk about this in the podcast in the future. I am a a daily listener to daily audio Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a, a daily podcast by a guy named Brian Harden. It's really good. If you have a hard time reading your Bible every day, D-A-B, look it up. It's free. Does a really good job. Um, but one thing that he's always talking about is, is just that. It's a, it's a community and trying to be a community and, and people coming together in support. And that's mm-hmm. it. I mean, they're online. It's a podcast. It's, uh, you know, um, they have a really good infrastructure of prayer and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're seeking community through the support, through prayer, through, you know, just uh, virtual, you know, Facebook and what other social media, their webpage mm-hmm. um, that they have. But it's, it's just that it's support. And yeah. through COVID, I think I've seen that even more. Um, I've been in quarantine twice. Um, one was kind of a soft quarantine. The second time was a hard quarantine. And when you're in quarantine in community, and you're totally isolated. I'm stuck in one room or we had two rooms that we could go back and forth to. You can't go to the kitchen. You can't get your own food. You need shampoo. You can't go shopping for it. We did a hard quarantine. When you're quarantining at Jesus People USA, you are locked in your room for the most part. Uh, even if there's a fire. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, just to, well, one thing to say about our rooms, like just to interrupt yeah. really briefly, like when we say a room, we mean because like each person at Jesus people lives. I can't remember if we described this, but each no, people we, lives. No, we haven't talked about this. No, we yeah, yeah. It's true. So, yeah. So if, uh, it's essentially when we say a room, it's an apartment, but it's a studio apartment. Right. So essentially there, there are a lot of things that an apartment would have in it, but then also we don't have access from our small studios that, that are for a family or um, a couple or a single person you're like, or a dorm room. It's kind of like that, but we have shared kitchens and then shared living spaces that with COVID, we don't really have as much access to, mm-hmm. or if you're in isolation, not none at all. Like, so yeah. yeah. Anyways, just to describe that. And I would imagine our rooms yeah. in the future, the rooms might be something that we have to touch on and, and see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is a show in itself. Just how creative <laughs> people get with a small space and turning it in. I mean, we made tiny houses popular before tiny houses were ever thought of <laughs> right? because every one of our rooms is a tiny house. Yeah. That, that's yeah. that's yeah. how you can look at it. But yeah. when yeah. you're in quarantine, the support of community is amazing. Everyone has a little, if you're in quarantine, you put a little table outside of your room. And if you need something, you, you have, we have a support like myself. Uh, my wife and I were, were in quarantine together, obviously. And uh, Rebecca's parents actually were our support uh, family. And well, so, like, well, for instance, every, like right now, yeah. my wife and I, we are in quarantine. Yeah. Um, I was exposed to somebody who tested positive for COVID. Um, luckily, I haven't had any symptoms. My wife hasn't had any symptoms, but we're in quarantine until I can get my test results back. Yeah. So we have a couple who, you know, they get us our meals, they get us food, you know, if we need something, you know, if we need our garbage taken out, you know, and we have a baby. And so it's, it's makes it even more difficult because we can't, <laughs> you know, it's just us and our baby. And, you know, yeah. we can't take her out to go for walks. We can't, you know, if she's crying you or need, freaking out, you, you need your garbage taken out. You need your garbage yeah, taken, I need my garbage <laughs> taken out. <laughs> but I mean, like, today she was having a really hard day and we couldn't take her out of the room, you know, to go walk down the hall. You know, sometimes, you know, she does, she really likes to be outside and she likes to go for walks, but we couldn't do that today. And she was having a really hard day. So, you know, it's like the, the quarantining is hard, but you're right. Like what makes it amazing is the support. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we've had people calling us, checking in on us every day, you know, Mm -hmm. how are you doing? What can I get for you? And it's been, you know, just such a blessing. And that part of community is just so amazing. And it's just, yeah, it really is a blessing. Because I also, I understand there are people out there who do not have this. You know, they are alone. And I can't even imagine like being in the situation that my wife and I are in with no help. 
And right. I think about that and I just go, wow, uh, yeah. this would be, this would be a, a whole different scenario, um, you know, experiencing this. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it's, it's a treasure. I mean, it's a luxury that we have yeah. to, to be in the midst of this, um, yeah. you know, sort of community in the, in, in the midst of all these people, you know, to experience that and to experience, I guess, neighborly love, you know, people really reaching out and saying, Hey, what can you do? And it's inspired me too to be more available to people in my sphere, you know, even now in COVID now I'm, I'm in quarantine right now. And the other day I was sort of just sitting there twiddling my thumbs and I was like, Oh, wait a minute. You know, I can call people. I can, you know, people who need support, you know, people who need a phone call, people who just need somebody to talk to, you know, I can mm-hmm. do that. You know, I've mm-hmm. got the time right now. And so, you know, even reaching out and starting to, you know, just be inspired by the people who are supporting us and so that we can reach out in ways, you know, like you were saying, Rebecca, you know, virtual support. I mean, it's, it's a real thing and it's really yeah. needed right now. And so, you know, being able to, to, to do that. But yeah, Sarah, you know, you are working at CCO and the COVID situation there is, uh, and the community situation there is a little bit different. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically I just avoid the main office at all costs because that's where everyone who could possibly have it probably, you know, congregates as far as like staff members or, or whatever. So I just try and avoid that space. Uh, cause I work in across the street, um, in our other building or whatever. So yeah, it's, um, there has been an uptick in cases, all across the city. Um, we've mm-hmm. been on phone calls uh, with administrators like across the uh, city of Chicago and they're just saying, you know, you need to start, you know, we need to go back to stricter procedures that we were at at the beginning because this is, we're just at the beginning. And so we have, um, right now we don't have any staff members, but uh, we do have a family that is currently uh, quarantining because we, uh, we have a separate space for them it is definitely harder when you have like, especially teenagers or, you know, school age kids just for them to always be in this space. So, um, so yeah, they, we were able to give them more room and they should be out of quarantine here pretty soon. Um, we're creeping up on two weeks here. Um, and as far as I know, only, um, the teenage son, uh, tested positive. So I, Luckily, I don't think uh, it has affected any of the other family members. He's not exhibiting symptoms, um, but we're just trying to be safe. Uh, We actually started taking measures earlier in the year to, like, divide up spaces. Um, Obviously, we had to cut back on capacity um, to make sure that there was proper social distancing, um, you know, step up, cleaning procedures, things like that. So uh, it is still a really... A scary kind of weird place to be in you'll just kind of just be going throughout your day and it feels normal and then all of a sudden you just kind of get hit with this wave of like the reality of the situation and you're just all of a sudden you're like oh no did I wash my hands right after I touched that door I can't remember how many times have I touched my face like I I am always touching my eyes like rubbing my eyes or whatever and um it, yeah, it is definitely a habit i have had to like stop that um yeah so it's a very strange place to be just like a headspace or whatever but it you just have to keep reminding yourself like there's still no place else i'd rather be doing this and i feel like because i do know that there is like if for whatever reason i did test positive I do know that there is that, you know, the group of people waiting to help take care of me. And that kind of gives me the strength to have courage and, and keep pushing through to do the necessary work because I know that my family, you know, back at Chapuza, um, is going to take care of me. And so it's, it's incredibly reassuring. Um, I don't know if you guys, uh, were a part of it, but at the beginning we kind of started like, um, a check-in team. Um, where we just kind of had like a list of, of names and everybody kind of divided up the work and it was just our jobs to kind of like connect with people and just kind of see, you know, where are you at? Is there anything we can pray for you about? Is there anything you have concerns about that we can like 
uh, get your input and maybe like put policies into effect that, you know, if you have suggestions on, you know, ways we can do this better. Um, and then just kind of like that, that follow up um, afterwards, whether it be in person or a phone call or a text message um, or email. It was something uh, I don't think I really understood uh, at the beginning of this, how important that was. Um, but now as we're mm -hmm. like into it and you do kind of have those moments where you're like, Oh, I just, I just, Oh, so-and-so is really on my heart and I just, I just need to talk to them or whatever. So it's just so nice to, um, be in this space where it's so easy to be up, a little bit more upfront and vulnerable about like, hey, I'm not doing well. I, I really need this. And that is definitely not something that I was good at before I came here. And I feel that's probably one of the biggest things for community. Uh, that is one of the biggest things that I associate with the word community is that, that growth factor. It's just like living with an extended family and just like you may not get along with a certain relative at the holidays or you <laughs> might have like there's a certain like chip on your shoulder that you might hold on to about, you know, oh, your brother's, you know, like, I don't know, stole your favorite toy and broke it or whatever when you were six years old and now you're 40 and still holding on to it or whatever. But just like you might have issues with your family, like it's, it's not perfect. Uh, like if you're thinking of community and you're thinking of some utopia where everything's going to go great all the time and the world's just going to be like a happy place, like, you know, hippies <laughs> running around in an urban forest or something like just hugging people all the time. Like this is definitely not that place, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's yeah. just, you know, yeah, we may have like a gardening co-op or whatever um and we do have some hippies but the, yeah this is definitely not some utopia and so when I think of community and and like community and COVID it's just like this opportunity to to push yourself to be more vulnerable to be more open about what it is that you need um to ask for that accountability um because that's huge and I think a lot of people don't really have a space where they really feel comfortable like being open with people like maybe maybe a few people with your church maybe a close friend or something but there's so many people in community that you mm -hmm. uh, I don't know you just kind of develop this closeness where you, you can just like be in the elevator and be like I'm gonna be honest with you I'm having a really tough day and just all of a sudden just bleh, all this stuff you've been holding on to and they can just be there with you in that space and empathize with you and be just like, Hey, let me pray with you. You know, let's go to the Lord together with this. Would you like for me to check in on you and see how you're doing? And, you know, I'm going to continue to text message you or just like knock on your door um, kind of thing. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. That is, I, it's, it's my family, my, my friend's family, <laughs> so, uh, is what I call it, but late, lately I've just stopped, stopped with the R in family and just like, no, this is, in so many ways, this place is a home to me uh, in ways that my, I, I love you mom and dad if you're watching this, but this place has, has done things for me that I, I like, and pushed me to grow in ways that I never did, um, you know, in my, in my life before moving here. Yeah. And it's such a, an amazing, hard space <laughs> to be in sometimes, but it is always, always worth the effort that you put into it and the growth that comes out of it. So, yeah, I love that, the vulnerable thing, because I think, mm -hmm. and that's something, again, I've been here nearly 40 years, 39 years this year. And um, that's been something that's been a strong line that's run through the community since, since I got here. Um, I remember the, the, when I was just here visiting, I came to visit for a week with a friend uh, a couple of weeks before I actually moved in. When I came and I was like, okay, this is, this is it for me, uh, at least for a year. That year hasn't ended, that's all. The, the, to, to, to see someone 
walking down the hall and, and, and walking up to another guy, another brother and going, hey, I'm really having a hard time. Can you pray with me? And I, I remember the first time someone said that and it, it just shocked me. And I'm like, wow, you mean you can just ask someone like that to, to pray for you and they'll do it? In community, the Lord's here with us. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, not, it's not taken for granted. You know, I think it's, it's, it's taken for, hey, he's part of the family. Yep. So, you know, I think that's one of the joys of community is, is just that the realization that Christ lives with us, mm-hmm. you know, not just on Sunday. Yeah. And it doesn't end when you leave here. Um, so we have, uh, some friends who, you know, if you're going through like a health crisis or you, you still need that support, even after you've left, um, that, that door and that, that support isn't closed to you. So, uh, just, you know, this past week, uh, we have some, some friends up in, um, you know, Wisconsin that are having like, you know, a health crisis and had to make, you know, some tough decisions. And there's a care package going out and everybody is like, hey, please keep us posted so we can continue praying and, you know, things like that. Or or when um, something amazing happens in someone's life, like a birth or, you know, a marriage or a new job opportunity or something, you know, going on with their their spiritual walk that they want to celebrate they're just like hey would you please share this um you know this this victory with with the community i would i would really love um for you guys to be a part of this in my life Mm -hmm. no and i think yeah and that was one thing i wanted to bring up is the fact that when you leave community it's just like family. You don't necessarily leave the family in, in a lot of cases. The, 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 the guy you were talking about, very close friend of mine, I was texting him today and joking with him. And, but yeah, I think that support, it's not just here. You know, it, it goes on. Rebecca, you were going to say something. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. You reminded me actually of this just really funny. I just had this funny memory. So that um, when you're talking about like seeing people asking for prayer, just on their day to day in public from so, you know, that like that shocking you. So I had, I like, again, so I, as, as well as Nate, like I grew up living this way, living in this, in this community. And, um, and so when I left, so my only time not living here is I lived in a college dorm for six months in Ireland. So I, I did a study abroad program. I was going to college in the city and then um, while I was going to college in the city, I was living still in community at Jesus People. But I was like, you know what? I want to try something different. I want to try something new. But I still want to keep doing my, you know, going for my degree and um, keep studying. So I try to figure out a way I could do both. And so while I was studying, studying in Ireland, I was trying to build community in the dorm because I was like, I was obviously missing how we live and missing these deep connections and friendships and making new great friends that I was really excited, like connecting with. Uh, I had this, uh, a really, my very best friend there also really like we connected a lot over faith. Um, even though I was Protestant and she was Catholic and it was kind of like funny to me that we're like also in Ireland where there, there has this, is this history of division between and, and so Anyways, I, there was just one day I was having a really hard day and I was just like, can you pray for me? And, and it just felt so normal to me. And she was like, what do you like? What do you mean? I was like, can you pray for me right now? And she's like, I, I don't really, I've, what do you mean? Like out, out loud? Do you want me to say a prayer for you later? I don't. And, and I was realizing like we kind of were speaking different languages. And then I, and it was actually pretty cool because she's like, I'll try. I've never really prayed over a person out loud and like was so foreign to her. But then she also taught me some really incredible, um, like Catholic liturgical practices that I'd never learned or heard of before. And I learned a lot about Catholicism, but it was cool. Cause she, that she did actually pray for me. And it was very odd for her this first, like, but I, then I realized, Oh yeah, like this is not a normal thing. Like you just <laughs> ask your good friend, like, Maybe it is in a lot of places and for a lot of people, but also we do have really different practices in our faith. So, so it just kind of was this like funny moment. I remember when you said that of like, I don't, yeah, I don't know, but it was great. Cause I feel like we learned from each other in that 
moment and like grew a lot in different ways through that like six months of the living together. But that was just a funny, funny scenario. <laughs> There's a lot of noise out in the hallway. Another joy of community. So. Yes. <laughs> might have to mute if you're stuck <laughs> on Zoom. Oh, man. So. Yeah, I remember speaking of noise in the hallway. I remember one time and liturgical practices. Oh, this is a great segue. <laughs> in the hallway. <laughs> no, I remember we used to do um, a thing uh, called silent prayer. Uh, yeah. And we would do it in the garden room. And, you know, you would get together and there was a, you know, as a group, you know, you'd sit in a circle and you'd, you'd sort of meditate like on a word or something like that. You know, you'd find something and you just like bring it to God and you just sort of sit with that in silence and you know and it was you know about 30 40 minutes that you would do this and i remember the first time i did it it we did it in the garden room and the lobby in the side yard was so loud it was in the summertime <laughs> and like there were people like you know playing games and screaming in the side yard and there was you know stuff going on in the lobby i don't even know what but i just remember sitting there getting like all frustrated and you know they like <laughs> Like this is can't not pray. silence. All yeah, I can't people. pray. There's the, there's, yeah, this is not silence. Be able to hear me. Exactly. Exactly. And I remember after the prayer, like I, I finally got myself focused to the place where I was like, okay, I just need to like get myself to a place where I can draw this out. And afterward, um, uh, someone said, like, oh man, it was so wonderful hearing all the sounds of community, like just that life. Like you hear those sounds and you just know that there's life in community. And, I, and all of a sudden it totally changed my perspective on all of that sound, all of that stuff that was distracting me from, you know, my time with God, it was really life. And it was all of a sudden it was like, and ever since then I've had a very different perspective on distracting noises and, and especially ones created by people, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm like, this is life, you know, we live so closely together. Of course, we're going to hear each other, you know, sound, you know, is everywhere. I mean, when I was younger, kids would be running up and down the hallways and it was just like, there's this ruckus continually going on in our house and, you know, and that life and you go out into the side yard and there's people playing volleyball and people talking on the benches and, you know, kids playing in the playground. And even in the game room, you know, there's people playing games in the living rooms and in the kitchen. Kitchen is like this great place where life happens. I mean, not in COVID, but, you know, normally it's this great place where life happens and all of those sounds, you know, just sort of permeate our whole building. And there's always just sort of this hum here mm -hmm. of people and life going on and, and i just think that that's such a beautiful thing and i always think about that whenever i hear that kind of stuff um you know in our building in our side yard and in, in our different spaces um it's just such a wonderful thing mm -hmm. anyway that was my little segue yeah <laughs> so. yeah that makes me that's one uh like tough thing even recently so like my my son theo he's he's um he was talking today about like, Oh, I can't wait to play in the hallways again. And then I, I was like, I know that'll be so great. Um, Cause like during COVID we're trying not to be around each other too much. And we're trying to take care of each other and trying not to congregate in small spaces. And I, um, and I just think that that's, you know, that'll be another way. Like, I think, in terms of connecting communally or connecting with others relation and relationship and in person, not having the like in-person day-to-day interactions um, as much, I think I, I am grateful that we are doing things like zooming <laughs> and we are doing things like FaceTiming or, um, or calling more. I've noticed myself and my son, like he, he wants to call family members really often, like every day. And, um, I think in the, in the beginning of the pandemic, it was too odd for him. And he wasn't, we, we didn't make a lot of phone calls or do FaceTiming or like that kind of Skyping, like all that kind of world wasn't really our day to day, obviously. But, um, but now he wants it every day. And it's also a reminder to me of like when I am starting to feel a little lonely of like, oh yeah, I can just call somebody like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I can. And like you were saying that earlier, Nate, too, of like, I, I've noticed myself actually connecting with people around the world that I, I don't really talk to a lot 
day to day. Like I do have, I have a friend in Sweden who I really love, but we, it's, you know, I let myself get too busy to like keep in contact, but, but we've been talking a lot during COVID and um, I, you know, a friend in Norway, I have a friend in right now she's in Korea. And, um, and so like trying to, now I find myself making these times to speak to my international friends and like time it right. And I feel like I have more like desire for connection that, and, and I'm not feeling instead of making that intentionally, I, I guess I have more space to do that mm-hmm. in this time. But so I found that like, even though there's a little bit of a lack of connection here, like I also am seeing a benefit of connecting with a lot of people around the, around the U S and around the world. And yeah. that's exciting. But yeah. I will say, I think some of the creative ways that through COVID we've maintained the, the ability to get together and do things that are fun. One thing talking about Theo. So <laughs> anyone, okay. You can go on Google right now and, and Google Jesus people USA and you can look at our building and it's got a big courtyard in it. There's a big empty space in between. It's like a big U. Well, Theo's room is directly across the U on the third floor from my room, which is on the second floor. <laughs> and so Theo has this thing, at least when it was warmer, yes. the windows were open. In the evenings, he would go to the window. If he saw my wife or I, he would yell out the window, hey, Chris, <laughs> hey, Andrea, what are you doing? And it's just the joy, and it just melts our hearts, you know. Uh, Theo is one of the cutest uh, kids out there. He's, he's amazing. Um, so, uh, yeah, but it, it's just amazing that the, the interaction that you have, you know, and I think in a lot of buildings in the city, you wouldn't yell out the window to your neighbor across the apartment building on the other side. You may not even know that person, you know, <laughs> um, you know, and then he's yelling at us. We got a little deck outside on the roof and he's like, can we come out on your patio? You know? And so, <laughs> you know, and, and that's just, those are the joys of community. I mean, there were, there were days when there were several of us sing. I think Rich got into it, uh, uh, Rebecca's husband. And we started singing songs out the window and stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, and everyone's starting to yell back and forth through the windows. And those are just things that, that don't necessarily happen in mm-hmm. a 10-story building in Chicago. Have it you seen those videos? Community. Have you seen those videos of people singing out on their oh, balconies in yeah. Italy and yeah. like seeing? It's kind of like our equivalent to that. It just like started <laughs> happening. Well, we just started I, I, yelling out the window at each other. One thing I really wanted to do and we didn't do is yeah. I wanted to do like a worship time from our patio yeah. on the roof because it would be such an amazing amphitheater. So get yeah. Glenn Kaiser out there with a little pig amp or something and do some worship. And we could all open our windows and sing do some worship outside the window. Maybe we can still do that if we have a nice, Yeah, nice let's do sometime. it. Um, I love that idea. That was an idea I had, but it was right when it started getting cold and just it never came to fruition. But, <laughs> I, you know, those are, but those, are, those are really cool ki- things. And just, you know, how kids... So the k- kids that grow up here, their friends are way more than friends. They're, they're more than my friends were when I grew up going to high school and, and grade school. I mean, I saw the kids. I saw them at school. You know, I ran away from the bullies and um, I hid with my couple of other friends who were, who were kind of nerdy. And then, uh, you know, we get together once in a while. You might have an overnight with a friend. But in community, it's every day. You know, you're, you're, you, get, you become so close with your friends. You have that tight knit relationship. And I think growing up in community, and you guys can say this more than, 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 than me or, or Sarah, I think you, you learn you learned what a relationship really is, you know, because you're with that person. You, you see that person a lot. You're, you're good friends. You see till you go to bed almost, you know? Um, I will say it, like though, I, that in certain aspects that makes it really like you do mm-hmm. your friends that grow up here are your, some of your closest friends that you will ever have throughout your whole life. But it also makes it harder in some ways too, because I know I had a lot of friends growing up whose parents, you know, for one reason or another would, would move out. And, you know, and it's really hard to, as mm-hmm. a young child sure. to sort of be that close with this group of people. And then all of a sudden to have them removed from your life for reasons like that you don't entirely understand. Yeah. Um, and it's, there's there it's left some marks on me like i know for myself it for a long time it was really hard 
to try to get to know people uh, in community because I always just immediately when I would meet somebody, I would be like, oh, how long are they going to be here? You know, yeah. is it, you know, a year, two years, six months, you know, five years, 10 years, how deep of a friendship or a relationship do I want to get in with this person only to be really hurt when they move on because I now I'm not, you know, don't have them. And so, you know, there's, there's definitely like, yeah, you get real, you get close friends and, mm-hmm. you know, and friends that you're going to have for your whole lifetime. But there's also a certain amount of that, uh, you know, growing up here that was kind of difficult in that way that you just, you, when you lose people, it's that much harder. Yeah. Um, you know, especially for a child, sometimes that's, that's hard to understand and it's hard to process. Um, not to say that it's a bad thing. It's just the thing, <laughs> you know, yeah. I think in everybody's life, you know, it's hard, you know, you, you, you there are, positives and negatives to everything and even growing up here like as much as I would not trade my growing up experience for the world I mean really I did things as a child that kids don't get to do you know mm-hmm. um you know I hung out with rock stars I mean I you know <laughs> I you know you know Glenn Kaiser was just my uncle Glenn you know it's like yeah. we went on yeah. vacation with them and you know and and you know it's just like okay you know those yeah. And, and even like I had experiences and, you know, things that I were just amazing opportunities that I had because I grew up here at Jesus people that were just amazing. Um, all because I grew up and, but also too, with every childhood, there comes challenges, Yeah, you know, with everything, you know, you, yeah, there's still hardships. There's still things that, um, you know, that are difficult. You have, growing up experiences. I know for myself, like growing up, I really felt like I didn't want to be a Christian because it was all around me all the time. And I was just like, Hey, let me make up my own mind. You know, don't yeah. keep forcing this on me. You know, let me make up my own mind about this. Um, and that was really hard. Um, that was a hard, hard thing that I had to go through, um, you know, because of the way that we were raised and because of the way that I grew up, you know, but anyway, I, you know, it is, it's an amazing experience and it's amazing friendships and deep friendships that you don't, you know, you don't normally have access to that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, there are, there are things that come with that as well that make it difficult and make it hard, uh, you know, living in community and growing up in community. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's going to be no matter where you grow up, no matter sure. where you live, there's going to be things that yeah. are good and things that are bad. What about you, yeah. Rebecca? Yeah, I think, um, so it's interesting. So I've, I think I, um, I, I also, so I, I grew up having a few really close friends that didn't live in the community. So that was an, um, always a like comparison thing of like, mm-hmm. I, I did notice the level of depth of friendships here felt a lot like family in terms of like, they felt like my cousins or something. Mm-hmm. Like if your family, yeah. if you're, uh, family lives close by in the same town kind of thing. Like it feels like that, but yeah, but also unique in a different way of like, we have different households, different family rules, different, like, so, so I think there was, there's a lot of tendency to like, I I had high expectations of of friendships outside of this way of living. And I think that's that if you, if you have that level of like depth of friendship where you're, you're able to, to, you, you know each other so well that you, you can be vulnerable, you can be real, you can, um, there, there's a level of like, um, trust and respect and understanding that's there that, um, that takes years of building that. Right. But, um, but that's another thing of like my time not living here that I, I craved and felt like sad how, how hard it is to find someone that even wants that real of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like when you get kind of start to go past the surface, I, I would have friends kind of be like, um, you know, just taken aback or not interested or feel really like it, I, I think in terms of like, or just be like, why are you sharing this with me? And be like, <laughs> I, I, I think so. Like even that kind of thing of like, I had to realize like who. I, I don't know that that where you're figuring out the the depth 
of, of a relationship with someone and like how, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting cause I, I was able to find a lot of, especially like find in finding um, a church and people that had a lot of similar um, beliefs that I did and a lot of just openness to me, like sharing my, story and my doubts and my questions for like you're saying Nate of like really I, I think it's very important anybody who grows up in any like faith journey really has that like um reckoning of like is this what I believe or is this what was taught mm-hmm. to me or passed down to me what of this is like really what I know to be true like like that's I just think that's a really important part of growing up but I um while I was kind of having that, I was also developing these new friendships and then going to a new church for the first time. And so I was like having kind of simultaneously all this new. And I just realized how, I mean, it's, it is one of the main reasons I decided to live here at Jesus people as an adult, because I was like, this is what everyone is looking for and hoping for. And is like this, this level of commitment to relationships, commitment to caring for each other, commitment to loving God and neighbor, like everyone who is, you know, you know, believing, um, you know, Jesus is God and believing in the Bible and wanting to live their life that way are kind of trying to build this, this community that I felt like I I had that all my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, um, yeah. So so I I think the friendship thing there. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, it's, um, it, it was, it's a hard one. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. The dynamic of coming here as an adult, coming here as a young adult. And really, I want to hear what Sarah says about coming yeah, here as, yes. as someone that was, I was 17. So I was really still a kid when I came, uh, you know, I was almost 18, but still 18, you're a kid. Uh, so what was it like for you, Sarah, in, in relationships that you've built or had to yeah. come and then leave or... So I moved in when I was 30. Um, and so I think... You've been here, uh, what, two years then, right? One year? <laughs> one year? Yeah, six months. No. Um, <laughs> no, so <laughs> I was a military brat. So I'm used to the moving. Um, like, I'm used to that, like, cycle of, like, every couple of years having to, like, completely uproot your life and start over it sucked. Like it was horrible. Um, it definitely, um, built empathy for others, uh, like understanding, uh, you know, how people feel and, uh, learning how to navigate new situations, but also always being the new kid, um, kind of thing and having to start those relationships over again. And so for me in community, it has been this process of just kind of like, I guess how to be okay with the short term relationships um, in a way that is healthy. Um, And I would say probably in the last year or two, just kind of like um, really seeing those, the time that people are here with us um, and the time that we have to pour into each other, um, you know, and build each other up is really a gift. Um, Mm -hmm. and that stewardship is so, so important and being a good steward of that time of those interactions, um, is something that is just priceless. Um, and so I've really started looking at instead of, oh, I only have this much time or, is this person going to move on and leave me or whatever? It's, it's turned now into this place of, I'm so grateful that I have had the opportunity to be a part of this person's life while the Lord is preparing mm-hmm. them for this next thing. And that is such a huge shift from what my mindset was before I came in, even just six months ago, a year ago. Like I really feel that, um, that it it's just so so important to to have that kind of um that kind of outlook and just be aware that that time together is a gift um and to be okay with it um and to be able to let go and to celebrate you know when that time comes and not uh have it 
because cause there is that like just that hurt that like you're you're mourning the loss of that person who is so deeply you know ingrained in your life because you live together sometimes you're you're working together you're eating dinner together you're you're attending community events you're you're doing stuff outside the house together um and so you do develop these really really close deep relationships and it and it is really hard sometimes not to feel that like oh you're not choosing me and it and that's not what it is it's you know the lord has called them to other things and we want to be supportive of that Mm -hmm. um and so it's so incredibly um it's hard it's a very hard thing and it's something that i've been trying to learn how to do well my entire life and i didn't realize it until i got here um the newest Toy Story movie. What are we on? Like Toy Story twenty? No. <laughs> um, it's a four now, right? Toy yeah. Story four. I think yeah, four. I four. just I w- I was sitting there watching Toy Story four with my sisters, and I was like, "Where was this movie when <laughs> we are? You know, when I'm right in the middle of grade school and having to move again? Like, where was this movie when?" I was trying to learn how to be okay with letting go of those relationships. And I'm just like, this should be mandatory watching for every military child, like, (laughs) and some adults too. Like this should be, they need to put this in some like curriculum or something. Like I'm just like, I'm like 30 something years old bawling watching this movie. I mean, everybody cries at 20. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Every time. But yeah. I think, I think that's the biggest thing for me uh, moving in here was just like, yeah, especially over the last few years is just being okay with the temporary and being okay with the, with the moving on and celebrating that when it is time to happen, because not everyone is called here, Mm-mm. you know, for a lifetime. It's a treasure to have people like, you know, like Chris and Nate and Rebecca to have you guys who have these like deep roots and and know what to do like hey you need toothpaste i know what to do you have questions <laughs> about health insurance you know i'll tell you everything i know and i know a guy who can do discount cavities or you know whatever <laughs> like we have a network and you guys are are in it and here to you know like hey yes or uh, if you need, if you think you might need counseling for something, like I have this friend who, you know, does this or, or we may, might be able to find someone, you know, through our, through our church network or whatever, um, who can help you with that or, oh, you're traveling across country. I have a, I have friends who live in this obscure town yeah. in Montana who would <laughs> love to have you stay in their basement, you know, so yeah. you don't have yeah. to spend money on a hotel. Like there's, there's so much richness that comes from, from both sides of it. Um, and it's a joy to be a part of. Yeah, I think that's funny because when my mom was still alive uh, and I, you know, this is probably the first four or five years I, I lived there. She lived in Ohio and multiple times people broke down within like a hundred miles of her. And she put up <laughs> people from Japuza at her house because they were nearby. It's like, oh yeah, my mom will take you in. She's got a spare room. And so mm-hmm. and that was fun. Okay. One question for you, Sarah, real quick. So we talked about prayer. What do you remember the first time anyone walked up to you and said, Hey, will you pray for me? Oh yeah. Um, so and what did it feel like? What was it like for you? It was weird. Um, <laughs> just, just because I'm, because I, at that time I'm, I was still very like performance minded. I think I went through this in the last episode, but very like, you know, I used to manage stores and, and be in charge of like a team of people. And, and for me, for someone to come up and be, and be like, I need you to stop and do this for me. And I need you to be present in this emotion with me or like, you know, just kind of like understand where I'm at. I was like, mm-hmm. I've got so much to do. Um, but it was, you know, <laughs> Productivity. Productivity. (laughs) Yeah, what you do is not your worth, okay? And it's been five years of unlearning that. Um, And so there's so much more to it. And so that first time I was just like, what, me? Like, you want me to pray with you? What do I, like, I'm not a pastor. 
Um, and so uh, luckily uh, my, my church before, um, coming here did encourage you to like walk in spiritual gifts and did encourage, you know, things like, uh, prayer. And I had done that with people outside. So it wasn't like something that I was just like, Oh no, I don't, I don't know how to pray if it's not inside my head, you know, like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I did have some, um, with that, but it was just like, I, I don't think I had ever had anyone ask me like, right in that moment of crisis or like right in that second they're going through it. And so I was just like, Whoa, this is new. Um, and now I'm just like ready to drop anything in my hand, put my phone on silent, lock the door if we need to. So someone doesn't come in to ask a question while we're right in the middle of it. Um, and just be like, Hey, what do you need? And just fully ready and open to listen and engage, um, and, and do the work. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess we could wrap it up for the evening on that note. Um, but yeah, everybody who's listening, I uh, just want to encourage you guys to like and subscribe and to give us five stars, leave reviews, um, all that good stuff. Really engage with us. Um, yeah, please we- comment and ask yeah. questions. If you have something that you would like prayer for or you know, some way you're like, Hey, I, I'm not doing okay or whatever. If you, if you need encouragement, like, please let us know. And we would love yes, to, lift you up, please. um, and, and, and be a support. Even if you're not here, like we would, we would love to do that as well. So please but, uh, email us and we will pray for you. I love that. Yes. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, we'll see you next time on the, uh, Jesus people podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye if you have any questions comments or prayer requests please email jppodcast at jpusa.org and for more information about the jesus people intentional community go to jesuspeoplechicago.org